The future, a dark, desolate place, a world of war, suffering, and harmless phosphorescence. Hello, everyone. This is Throw Smiley, and someone gave me some really bad acid. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh CC. I have a bone weapon. What's the big deal? <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and I just want to usher in an era of genuine, long-lasting peace. I'm Alaric Weber. I just came to k- grab a couple files. Is that a new scarf? It's nice. <laughs> Thanks for noticing, Al. This- Why are you crying, Al? <laughs> <laughs> this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero ever made, superhero movie ever made, and then we gather some research into the production and the source material. We tell you all about it, and we go through every movie scene by scene. This show is brought to you by our patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Just head on over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. Star Wars shows, holiday shows, music shows, Simpsons shows, 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 shows. Uh, This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching X-Men Days of Future Past. So many battles waged over the years. And yet none of them like this. Are we destined to destroy each other? Or can we change who we are and unite? Is the future truly set? Mutants, we now find ourselves on the edge of extinction. need to go into the past to end this war before it ever begins. Use your power. Bring the X-Men together. It's going to take the two of us. Side by side at a time when we couldn't be further apart. things that mean the most to me. Maybe you should have fought harder for them. There is a new enemy out there. Mutants. You'll need a new weapon for this war. I know what I have to do. It's us or them. All those years wasted fighting each other, Charles. A lot of people die. Friends. We've been given a second chance. Guide us. Lead us. I don't want your future! We were supposed to protect them! I remember.
X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, let's see. This was released May 23rd, 2014. Had a running time of 131 minutes. It cost $220 million and took in 746 million buckaroos. Dollary dues, if you will. Uh, it was a hit. Big hit. Um, this was a... Is this our first time travel movie we've done on this show? Well, on the show? No. I think it no, may be. No, I'm sorry. In the very first Superman, doesn't he... Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, he turns back he, time. He reverses time. He reverses oh, time, but it, that's not you a... You have to qualify what you mean before you ask the question. But, but is, is that a time travel time, movie? Superman is traveling back through time. Okay. So are you saying, have we watched a movie where the heroes have had to travel in time to solve the problem? Right. You know, traveling back in time as like, you know, end game or back to the future or Terminator style. Not a just going back in time. Yeah, I guess I guess Superman does. Was <laughs> there every day running the mill. It's an hour earlier all the time. Right. <laughs> Superman. He only made things go back an hour. Why didn't he turn time back to the point where he could stop Lex Luthor before Luthor did anything in that movie? I didn't do a lot of things. Yeah. Kill baby Lex Luthor? Yes. <laughs> um, is, or, yeah, Andrea says time bad. It's in Turtles in Time. But again, they're questionable. Turtles in Time. They actually travel oh, back in time with a magic lantern. And Time Bandits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, In my opinion, this is the best time travel movie so far and probably the best one for a little while. This is X-Men Days of Future Past. And this is the point in the show where we're going to play the box office top 10 game. All right. This is Dave. the game where I will... Go to the box office top 10 of the week of May 23rd, 2014. I will read the box office mojo descriptions of each and every film on that list, uh, leaving out any important details. And the guys here are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing. Fellas, you ready to play the box office top 10 game? Give us all the unimportant details. (laughs) (laughs) We'll We'll do more good if we work together. Yeah. So, all right. So this is, yeah, yeah, or or more bad. Um, In order to save the future. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This is uh, the top 10 of the week of May 23rd, 2014. This is just a month after our last um, movie, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, was uh, May 5th. This is May 23rd. So there may be a oh, couple man. repeats in here. Um, opening right. up this week, these are not in the top 10. But there was a lot of movies opening up this week. Um, let's see. Uh, just real quick. Standing Clear of the Closing Doors opened at number 80. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite warning signs ever. I'm glad they made a movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just two hours of the sign. <laughs> um, Gore Vidal, The United States of Amnesia. Under oh, the Electric... decent I haven't seen it. Under the Electric Sky, Return to the Hiding Place, The Dance of Reality, Hero Hero Panty. I don't know what that is. It's all one word. Um, (laughs) Is that a superhero movie? Does that have to go on the list? Um, Two young people find love despite the violent landscape in which they live. I think it may be 
I think it may be. It's called Romeo and Juliet. Cold in July, The Grand Seduction, Words and Pictures, The Love Punch at number 32. (laughs) Cocadion. Cocadion opened at number 18. And now coming into the box office. I believe that's Cotillon. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, is that starring Marion Cotillard or... Uh, Right. No, a noble warrior seeks revenge against the ruler of his kingdom who killed his father. At the same time, he also ends up upsetting the neighboring enemy kingdom ruler. It looks like it might be oh <laughs> something. It, it looks vaguely. I'm trying to figure out what country it might have been from. It it possibly is Indian or Pakistani. Oh. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So, all right, our number 10 movie. The Wait, box what was that movie called? Cocadion. Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> and number 10 this week. <laughs> A small town father must find the courage and conviction to share his son's extraordinary, life-changing experience with the world. Um, Superman. Superman. <laughs> Spider-Man. No. Superman. No. This, no. this sounds Neither like a Kirk Cameron movie. It mm, kinda. I don't <laughs> think it is a Kirk Cameron is this movie. God's but it's not cool, dead. Like, it, not not God's not dead, but heaven is for real. Oh, that's so oh, it's that one. I can't believe yeah. it's still in the top ten. This must have been the most popular like of these movies ever. This is like you go to the movie theater after church on Sunday and watch it. Yeah, I I guess. That way you can stay in theaters. Yeah. Like, I got to sit in here with this nine-year-old. That was insane. At number nine, the head cook uh, quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing back together his estranged family. This is about Iron Man 2. Yes, exactly. Chef. Chef. Yeah. Chef. That was a, yeah, Chef's a really good movie. Um, coming in at number eight, it's a jungle out there for Blue Jewel and their three kids. Avatar? After they're hurtled from Rio de Janeiro to the wilds of the Amazon. <laughs> it's, it may as well be Avatar because it's Rio, right? Yeah, Rio 2. It has now guessed Rio several times where it's just like... We're done. Can we be done? Yeah. I'll guest Rio multiple times for movies that weren't Rio. <laughs> but you better. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm the only one who guesses movies. Yeah, usually. No, well, you're the only one who you're often the only one who guesses movies out. So uh, um, coming in at number seven. After. Uh, we did this before, too. After discovering her boyfriend is married, Carly soon meets the wife he's betraying. This is uh, the one that's got uh, Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, and Kate Upton. Oh, where the... Yeah, they get, they get rid of It's It was the other woman. Right. Mm. Number six. A sports agent stages an unconventional <laughs> recruitment strategy. To get talented Indian cricket players to play Major League Baseball. <laughs> Jerry McBoring. <laughs> Jerry McBoring. <laughs> uh, paddle ball. Um, yeah. Um, Ru- rupee ball. Rupee, rupee ball. Yeah, at first I thought money ball, but yeah. 
Sticky Wicket. Um, that looks like that might be John Hamm on the cover, but I can't say for sure. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> really a new pork product. Yeah. Um, it's called Million Dollar Arm. <laughs> Don't they like it's submarine well. pitch in? Uh, yeah. They like throw under under. Yeah, they, the shoulder. Yeah, they in cricket. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. Yeah, it just well, seems like you'd need physical therapy after playing. They throw down because they bounce. Oh it. yeah, like it that, bounces. and oh, then right. it bounce. That's right. That's right. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I know nothing about cricket whatsoever. Oh, they do, there's no reason to. The, the only thing I know about a wind, they do a windmill pitch. That's right. Yeah. The only thing I know about cricket is what I learned from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which reminds me, fellas, our November monthly movie. I forgot to mention earlier. Hmm. The winner is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, how cool! What? Yeah, Yay. of course. Sweet. So, so stay tuned for that. Uh, patrons only. Buck a month is all you need to watch our monthly movies. Patreon.com slash Harmless Entertainment. Uh, we'll be doing 2005's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy this month. Uh, right so, on. Yes. So don't panic. Yeah. We'll get it right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. There, okay. Yeah. Um, so number five. A... Uh, a young college student uh, is feels guilt uh, over the death of his girlfriend's father. Amazing Spider-Man Spider 2. Yes! Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Still in the top ten there. Um, number four. Oh, God, I forgot about this. Um, after they're forced to live next to a fraternity house, a couple with a newborn oh. baby do whatever uh. they can to take them down. Neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. yep. Um, coming in at number three. After a bad blind date, a man and woman find themselves stuck together at a resort for families where their attraction grows as their respective kids benefit from their burgeoning relationship. This is uh, <laughs> blended. Blended, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Adam Sandler. I just remember the song. Mm. Like, why are Terry Crews. I think it was Terry Crews singing. Yes, they are blending. <laughs> it's blending. Like they they say the name of the movie in a song. That's and it awesome. is the most awkward shit ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why can't why can't we? <laughs> and we always have to go to family resorts. Why can't we like go to like the polar bear resort or something? <laughs> uh, but so yeah, the polar bears roam with the naked people because yep. it's not a family do resort. They need to do. I assume that a family resort family. just is the alternative to nudist resorts. Yeah. It's yeah, rather oh, than like no, a singles resort or yeah. There when that thing became popular, I think Disney even started that too, where they would have a, a resort that seemed very kid centric and was uh, um, watched and occupied by staff so that adults could get hammered. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You sent you sent only increased in the well, yeah. They used to be called Pleasure Island. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You send you send the kids off to the rides in the water park while you you drink Mai Tais. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funny names. Number two this week. The world is beset by the appearance of monstrous creatures, <laughs> but one of them may be the only one who can save humanity. 
uh, the, Godzilla? Yeah, the Godzilla, the the first, and I hadn't realized oh, this has been around. This is the Brian Cranston one, right? Yeah, Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston's Godzilla. It's actually in the universe of the King Kong Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's still going. It, uh, yeah, Kong Island. Oh, Kong Island would have been the first one that came out before <laughs> Godzilla. That's a resort. Yeah, <laughs> Kong I, wish we going to, I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. <laughs> what did they got there? Apes, but well, they're not apes. as big. <laughs> they're just not as big. Yeah. Uh, and number one, opening at number one, the X Men send Wolverine to the past <laughs> in a desperate effort to have his parents fall in love at the Under the Sea Enchantment <laughs> Dance. <laughs> Come and knock on the door. You know when He's going to go back in time. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to just see Back to the Future remade, but with Wolverine. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the Marty McFly role. No, no. I would love to to see it remade with any sort of reasonable, logical, or sensical story whatsoever. Back to the Future. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, if you I, tell me what it's about, right? Uh, tell me what it's about. Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. Um, a kid travels back in time and accidentally gets stuck there, and then he has to make his parents screw. <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. He, he did. Yeah. Okay. It's the time cool. time traveling parent That's trap. That's your take. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, seems like a guy a guy who went back in time and you know just. He kind of almost fucked his mom. Well, I mean, it, I mean, what story doesn't have that? Right. He kept himself from not. It's him constantly trying street. to not fuck his mom. His mom's kind to fuck him all the time, and he's constantly trying to get away from her. Yeah, it's a pretty weird story. It is. Yes. Old as time. It's a pretty uh, like if you pitch that now, I would throw it out of my office. But um, actually, I think Melanie made a joke about that. So did he use the time machine to go back and like save JFK's life or like kill Hitler? Well, no, he choked I'm baby JFK. To say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he went back to introduce his parents. Yeah, time traveling parent trap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that old. That. Um, so all right. Um, that mm-hmm. is the box office top ten, which means it's time for us to delve deep, deep into the musty tomes of the uh, character and comic book background with our guide, Mr. Alaric Weber. Library. Alaric That's Xavier Weber. <laughs> Tell us, Al, everything we need to know about the history of these X-Men and X-Women. I didn't do my homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot of people didn't. They just went back in time. (laughs) Should we travel back in time, Al? (laughs) Yeah, hang on. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. Josh, back to warn you. Um, So the original uh, Days of Future Past storyline was created by Chris Claremont, John Byrne, and uh, another guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hang on. And... And Stanley took credit for it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was the other? There was the third guy in that. Uh, Terry Austin. Okay. Um, so it was just. Uh, it was really just two episode, two episodes, issues in the Uncanny X Men uh, issues 
141 and 142, published in 1981. Um, <clears throat> in the dystopian future of 2013. In the year 2013. <laughs> um, an adult Kate Pride is psychically sent to inhabit her 1980 13-year-old self sent by Rachel Summers um, psychically to prevent the assassination of Senator Robert Kelly. Okay. Oh, he was in the uh, first X-Men movie, right? Yeah, yeah, the dude that turned the into the blob. Water dude. Yeah. 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 Um, yep, yep, yep. And this one, uh, it, the... In the future, uh, the storm was still there. Uh, Colossus, uh, uh, Kate Pride, and Colossus were married. Because um, so, I actually well, I did. I, I read this last night. Um, that was sort of the the bulk of what I was doing for my homework. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm um, so, so sorry, buddy. <laughs> Um, but it was. It was turned into a trade paperback, which contained a bunch of issues before uh, these two issues, and then I think one or two after. Yeah, I, I read. I, I read the first one from the trade paperback, which was all um, Scott Summers uh, giving the lengthy X-Men history leading up to the death of Jean Grey um, as they are all gathered around her gravesite. And then I realized that I had three or four more issues to go before I got to the actual Days of Future Past storyline. So I skipped ahead. Um, at any rate, uh, back in... Uh, uh, back in the past of 1980, um, so there was Kitty Pride, um, uh, Storm, Nightcrawler, uh, Colossus, uh, Wolverine, and uh, they had to. There was an assassination attempt. Um, Mystique had just formed the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants with Blob and Pyro and. Um, a blind future seer named Destiny. And then a guy, a guy named Don, just because he came to meetings, he took one of the clippings. Uh, a guy named Avalanche. Sorry, Don was so close. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, that's about what I remember from, from reading that. Um, so it wasn't Wolverine that went back. Um, it was it was Kitty Pride um, uh, sent back by a psychic. Uh, sort of the you know basic thing. Uh, R- Robert Kelly was uh, Senator Kelly was running for president. He was trying to pitch the um, the Sentinels program, and I don't think saving his life helped. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably, you, you probably said it. I apologize. But, uh, Bolivar Trask did create the Sentinels. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Cool. Thanks. Um, couple of characters. I just, I, I didn't have time to write it all down, but I, I have them on, on the website. 
so Bishop. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. Um, the the Days of Future Past uh, storyline was adapted for the X Men animated series. Um, and the, so the comic storyline concepts were combined with another alternative future story, uh, that of Bishop and the idea of a traitor within the ranks of the X-Men. Um, though in the cartoon, Mystique is still responsible for Senator Kelly's assassination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was pretending to be Gambit at the time so that uh, the X-Men would be framed for the death. But that was uh, the uh, the old cartoon. Um, that was when I remember first seeing Bishop. Um, yeah, Lucas Bishop is, um, let's see, he... His first appearance was in the Uncanny X-Men number 282, uh, 1991. Um, His abilities are... So he's from the future. Uh, His abilities are energy absorption and redirection. Um, We see that going on in the movie. It's a common um, power, but it is a really cool one and useful one. I get why they were using. Energy's got to um, go somewhere, right, Al? Yes. Right. Let's see, uh, <laughs> super, superhuman physical attributes. He's got big arms. <laughs> and he cannot uh, lie. And an M scratched into his face. <laughs> yeah. His other brothers. Well, they can't deny. Um, oh, and the... The M tattooed into his face. Uh, yeah. I believe that's uh, that oh, was also glimpsed in the Days of Future Past uh, storyline. Uh, they weren't tattooed, but they all had to. They Branded. were marked on their clothing uh, with um, M for mutant, uh, A for abnormal, and H for human. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he has the ability to instinctively know present location. So he's like a homing <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> I also have that ability thanks to my phone and Google Maps. <clears throat> um, Sunspot, we saw here. Um, Sunspot uh, first appeared in The New Mutants in 1982. Created by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. Uh, he has superhuman strength, flight, solar absorption and rechanneling, heat and light manipulation, concussive blasts, and plasma emission. He should see a doctor. As, <laughs> as mutants grow, you need we need to get more sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says yep. uh, Blink, we saw her in the movie. Let's see. First appeared in the Uncanny X-Men 317 in October of 1994. She is a mutant who can teleport herself and others at will. She was a member of the Generation X, X-Men and the New Mutants. Do you guys remember the Generation X TV movie? 
No. Yeah, I think so. Around 97, 98, it came out. Um, hmm. uh, it was it was supposed to be a backdoor pilot. Like, they were going to make it a show, but it I don't think it did well enough. Um, so it's just an, uh, a two-hour <laughs> TV movie. More backdoors a lot back then. Yeah. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah. It's not great. I mean, it's made for TV. <laughs> like, X, X movie from the late 90s it's 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 a lot of people talking in rooms and then like three scenes of them using their powers because that's all they had the budget for um oh teleportation javelins that's what she was throwing okay duh that's pretty rad (laughs) the teleportation Uh, javelin throw is my favorite olympic event (laughs) you never see the end but it's fun yeah um, I love that it's always um, they they can teleport at will. I, do they ever talk about the mutants that teleport accidentally? There have to be some in your sleep. Oh, there oh god, yeah, own. yeah. Sleep teleportation's um, got to be an issue for teleporting people with teleportation powers. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, her real name is. God damn it! I would like the floor to recognize. <laughs> That was great. Yeah, you roll your eyes. All right, keep going. Clarice Ferguson is Blink's real name. Ah. (laughs) Good to know, Al. (laughs) Moving on to James Proudstar, uh, known first as Thunderbird and then Warpath. Um, He first appeared in New Mutants number 16, June 1984. Um, he's a trained combatant, skilled hunter and tracker, superhuman strength, senses, agility, reflexes, flexibility, speed, stamina, all the rest. Uh, he's got regeneration flight. I never saw him fly. Whatever. Um, and he uses a pair of vibranium Bowie knives. Woo. Oh, shit. Pull that out of your boot. Um, we saw our second appearance of Peter Maximoff Mm -hmm. Um, so far the best yeah maybe the perhaps the best ever yeah uh, first appearance Um, this is for my money this is the best Quicksilver's been except possibly in WandaVision uh, but was that Quicksilver in WandaVision? <laughs> Time will tell, I guess. Yeah. It will be revealed. Um, uh, just nope. briefly, we see him holding what appears to be a little sister, not a yeah, twin. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Sister. I was going to yeah. bring that up. We have a possible. I thought it was a my buddy. <laughs> it's just a giant troll doll. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have a possible tiny, monster. tiny Wanda there. Yeah. Um, I I want to talk about him more for Age of Ultron. I guess. Yeah, makes sense. We'll save it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bolivar Trask, as Josh mentioned, was the uh, creator of the Sentinel program. Um, do, do, do. He first appeared in the X-Men number 14 all the way back in November of 1965, a Lee Kirby joint effort. Mm. Um, 
It's I, always amazing to uh, me how long these little side characters have been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, just scrolling through Wikipedia, I, I, I can't latch onto any really fun information about him. But yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, and he would appear in uh, other versions in the Age of Apocalypse, Civil War, House of M, X Men Noir, and Ultimate Marvel. Um, I have. So, I mean, he was not a little person, right? In the comics, no. he was a regular person. Mm, I really, no. really love that Peter Dinklage has um as is cast in roles that have nothing whatsoever to do with his size. I think that's awesome. I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, with, with, absolutely. With, with more, and, more little people actors. Cause there's so many, there's, there's a, there's a number of <laughs> really good actors out there who just happen to be little people. He aims for it. He, and yeah. he, he does make exceptions. And when he does, they're, they're brilliant and they're, they're well done. Right. He's, he's in, he's on 30 rock. And there's some offensive jokes in there, but it's Liz every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, wait a minute, did you did I catch your eye and you want to go out, or did you tussle my hair because you thought I was a little kid? <laughs> you know, it's just brilliant. Just I, like I, you're the idiot. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting um, how much he brought to the role, uh, just without without any comment on his size or mm-hmm. stature or anything. He he probably has the most intense like range well, in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, no. and his um, his stature. We keep saying like it's like oh it's cool that they cast him. It's cool that I mean that's intentional. His he's a genetic mutation. Yeah. You know you can have a judgment on whether or not you think dwarfism or what have you is it you know but 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 he is a mutation. Yeah. Um, himself. So he's sort of a different kind of Charles Xavier looking at it from a different. That's actually very interesting. Like that adds an extra layer to the fact that, yeah, genetically he, the the dwarfism is a mutation. So yeah, that's interesting. That's Charles and um, Eric. Everything is tall, short, wide, thin. Yeah. Well, yeah, it it harkens back to Xavier's conversation in the bar in what was it? First class where he's talking about the world, the woman having a heterochromia. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, mutation. exactly. Groovy mutation. Yeah, groovy mutation. <laughs> groovy mutation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should be in the new Toxie. That's a groovy mutation, baby. Uh, so, all right, Al, what else you got? Uh, that's it. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you much, Mr. Weber, for that uh, comic background uh which brings us to i don't know if it's worth saying but toad is in it again they did another version of toad yeah a different toad oh, yeah. not yeah. not ray park yeah ray parker ray parks ray um, parker, <laughs> there was a uh, ink was there uh havoc was in it again um yeah. briefly um sure. there was a, a character named ink did i have ink up um do to do no i guess i didn't um was a if i remember correctly ink was a non-mutant in the comics who was tattooed by a mutant mm-hmm. and oh, okay. his his powers are derived from the tattoos hmm. 
Oh, interesting. They come out of. I think I know this character. They like come off of him. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I've seen I've seen that in something. Would it be hilarious if it was all like Chinese letters and dolphins and rainbows? <laughs> Get them, my pretties. Um, he was the he was the guy that made the the army men sick in Vietnam oh. when they were escaping. Okay. And then there was <laughs> then there was the unnamed mutant uh, that was rescued from Vietnam by Mystique. Um, Quill boy. I don't know. The, mm-hmm. the, pork, the yeah. porcupine head. Yeah. Um, he did not have a name in the, the movie. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was also weird that uh, they didn't come back. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So, all right. Yes. Um, thank you for that. That brings us to the reduction itself. Uh, this movie is the fifth X-Men movie. Um. And the second after the soft reboot of uh, uh, First Class. Um, so it was, uh, as I said previously, it was released on May 23rd, 2014. Um, it was uh, directed by Brian Singer, who directed the first two. He's back for this one. We won't talk about him anymore. Uh, screenplay by Simon Kinberg. Uh, and Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn. Um, yeah, Matthew Vaughn was originally supposed to direct this, but when Brian Singer came back, they basically told him, nope, sorry, Brian Singer's doing it. Um, Brian Singer originally was just going to produce, but he actually decided to come back on as the director. Uh, they started, they actually started the Days of Future Past storyline they started working on a script with this storyline immediately after last stand but it got pushed back after first class became uh the when they were going to uh do next um they uh so apparently according to uh Kinberg and Singer and this this actually kind of clarifies a number of questions I had. Uh, they said that they believe that there are multiverses in the X universe. And so anything <laughs> which contradicts er- previous films can then uh-huh. be just waved away saying it's a different universe. Um, I mean, I don't want to have this conversation again, but I mean, we, we all read comic books, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, things okay. contradict it's themselves sure. all the time. But I mean, the, these aren't comic books. They're movies. They're based on comic books, sure. And they take a lot of the comic book. Uh, tr- they use a lot of comic book uh, conventions. Well, why did it take so? Why did it, uh, Lawrence of Arabia take so long to tell that story? Uh, there was time travel after Aqaba. Yes. <laughs> so you had to go back and, and get the they had, they had, historical stuff that they had to explain and to put into context and to not justify because it's history. But I know it's not a physical comic book, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's it's the equivalent. Well, I'm not going to have it again, but okay. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Bad. Um, on Lawrence of Arabia, it's also because they had to put a lot of makeup on Alec Guinness. 
But um, <laughs> that was mostly it. And, and sips, whatever we, oh. whatever it was called, them little sips. Yeah. Um. So, but all right. So um. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, they basically said it's multiverse. If anything contradicts anything previously, just forget about it. Um. And that's historically the X Men. The X Men's yeah. timeline doesn't make any sense no. in yeah. any linear way including time travel and stuff. It all kind of starts to fall apart. I mean, but that's its nature. Sense. We have to start to finding sense and normal and reality. And each movie has its own special. The, you know, the which comics we, that's them. what we do. That's what we discuss. But that, that's the whole point. Well, I mean, yeah. yes and no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're going to, when we get to end game, we're especially, we're going to be talking a lot because they, they, they made they made a big deal about it all connecting and making sense within its own logic. In end at that time, in that period in history, when that script was there, those producers were there, that money was there, those actors were there. What happened in the end is not the same as that meeting or that intention. Or I mean, half of the shit they put together, they had no idea was going to connect, but it's fun. Well, yeah, but then they they made yeah, but they made a lot of like specifically when talking about time travel movies in Endgame, they made a very very concerted effort to make it all make sense logically within the bounds of like the MCU. So yeah, but what if that's not what you want to do? Right, right. No, and you know, so they specifically said in this one that you know the time travel it's fine, it's different multiverses. Well, they didn't say that in the movie. The director said that you know, in interviews. So, um, you know, there's nothing in the film itself that says this is, you know, multiverses. It's, that's all extra textual, but, um, uh, yeah, of course. Cause they weren't, yeah. Uh, uh, things weren't in the works then. Right. But I mean, but Brian Singer at the time said this is multiverses. So, um, the fact that that doesn't make it clear in the film itself, if there had been a single line oh, in the film, like if there had been a single line in the film, like this will create a new multiverse or a new, you know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, you know, um, as it Xavier is, Xavier says it to Wolverine almost right away. What does he say to Wolverine? He says, when you yeah, change so the past, the future will be different. Is basically what he says. Like, yeah. He doesn't say that right. like everything that, because there's a lot of stuff that happened in the previous movies that is completely no, he doesn't happen now. Right, they ended up getting Mystique's blood by accident in the attempt to stop them from getting Mystique's blood. Uh, and, and, and Xavier says that things that you do do affect what's happening now. That's yeah. how they're able to escape the Sentinels in this weird future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything changes, but there's things in this movie that are contradicted by previous movies that have nothing to do with the time travel, too. So, I mean... Well, I don't know about you guys, but want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mostly me. All I'm saying is that the time travel is pretty sloppy, <laughs> but it's also a lot of fun. It usually well, is. It usually yeah. fucking is. T movie time travel in general. Do you know why? Yes. Do you want to know why? Because it's totally made up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Because well, it's impossible. Yes. I, and I, can, let's I, argue about possible things like vacuums and shit. <laughs> I know we're gonna. I know we're gonna talk about this movie, but I just want to say, as far as like the sloppiness of the time travel, I think uh -huh. it's. I think it is a characteristic of this 
this movie universe in a way that benefits it. Yeah. Instead of them trying to tie all the things together in a neat way. I think so too. I yeah. think it, it, it's all a positive outcome rather than a, a let's get this guy in this room. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. we got to get to that point in the movie. Andrea comments that uh, Kitty says while you're gone, the past and present will exist simultaneously, but once you return, the future re- you created will be the present. Yes. Uh, which is a very, a very uh, Schrodinger's cat quantum theory uh, concept. And it's not that far off from what the Hulk says later. Yeah. Well, and it, basically Wolverine is closing off that multiverse when he awakes in the new created present right but one of like that leads to one of my unanswered questions too then is like about the multiverse like so if when he returns is that a different unit is that a different branch of the multiverse then when he comes back and there still exists the branch in which the sentinels you know has killed everybody yeah we even see him caught by striker again in a different way it's not in canada well it's in the potomac yeah i I think i think the end the interpretation of the end of this movie which we'll get to and we can discuss at length when we get there but i think that that is the end of that timeline like that timeline does not continue past that point and there's also the message of regardless of the timeline you're watching things still end up happening the way they're supposed to happen the, giant, you're, giant talking the, you're talking about the uh, pebble in the river yeah. theory. Pebble in the river, uh, getting her blood accidentally. Um, right. Striker getting Logan. Um, the uh, Sentinels in the future. Uh, the assassination of Trask. Uh, everything we talked about with Wolverine. That you're you're going to get the same. Yeah, but Trask isn't assassinated. Um, Trask <laughs> survives. He goes to jail. Um, right, the, sentinels the Sentinels aren't created. Yes. They aren't created. Well, they they well, other than the ones that <laughs> the ones that came after Nixon. We have to start this episode because I have no idea what point in the movie you're talking about. Well, and so I apologize for trying to talk about it, but I don't know what part we're in right now. I, well, not so in any part. We're still right in the production right now. So, but yeah. all right, okay. here we go. Here we go. So this movie. Brian Singer. So, all right. All right. So this movie, our cast, uh, we've seen almost all of them before. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. We've got James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart uh, sharing Charles Xavier credit. Michael Fassbender and Ian McKellen sharing Magneto credit. Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. Um, Halle Berry as Storm. Elliot Page is Kitty Pride. Peter Dinklage is Bolivar Trask. I'm not going into any of these people. We've talked about them all before. Uh, Nicholas Holt is uh, Beast, Hank, um, Sean Ashmore is Bobby, Iceman, Omar Sy is Bishop, that's new, um, Evan Peters, we've seen him before, as uh, we haven't seen him as Quicksilver, but we did see him in Kick-Ass, um, Josh Hellman as uh, Major Striker, Daniel Cudmore as Colossus, uh, <laughs> Fan Bing Bing as Blink, uh, Adari Kanto as Sunspot and Boo Boo Stewart as Warpath. Um, we have also. I'm sorry, Boo Boo Stewart. Boo Boo. Boo Boo Stewart. Love it. Yeah. No relation to Patrick? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Um, or oh, Yogi Bear's best friend. Um, he was, uh, oh, he was in the Twilight Saga and the Disney television franchise, The Descendants. Um, 
you know, that's what his death was right flair. What was that? Um, all right. So, uh, that's, that's about it for the production. We've talked about almost every single one of those people before. Um, it kind of brings us to the film itself. Guys, are you ready to jump into this thing? Yeah. Gonna go back in time. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) This is X-Men Days of Future Past. We open with a voiceover. It's the future and everything is bad. (laughs) As I mean, yeah, that's on many levels. (laughs) That is our current situation. Professor X dystopian future pretty rough like al said you can tell people have been marked or you said it they hope people have been marked with distinctions yeah all of star of david kind of stuff yeah absolutely um professor x tells us about giant robots called sentinels that have been programmed to identify and hunt down mutants and any humans who are going to help them we get a title sequence then. Um, we got a traveling through stuff kind of CGI title sequence. It seemed a little like old style, honestly, for 2014. But muddled. It seemed genetic, but then it seemed technological. Yeah. It seemed boring. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it switched and I was like, oh, huh? <laughs> At this point, it seems so dated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In 2014, it seemed so dated. it seemed archaic. Yeah. Uh, Which is weird that it hasn't been that long. And this already just seems like, why are you doing this to us? Open in a dramatic way. Right, yeah. Not another CGI title sequence, please. For the love of God, not another CGI traveling traveling through CGI tubes for three minutes. I feel like Brian Singer loves this shit or something. Uh, I was like, no, it's got to. We got to have it open like that. But then he was bored about it. Like, okay, do like a Watson Crick type deal, like a a Boulevard Trask sort of nod of, of, you know, I'm changing DNA or evolution or can we change humans faster than, do we have to wait around? Shit like that. No, it was just all some people believe. (laughs) So, all right. So, um, uh, then we catch up with a group of mutants. Uh, it consists of Kitty Pride, Colossus, Blink, Warpath, Bishop, Iceman, and Sunspot. They're attacked by Sentinels. Still saying Iceman. Yep. Iceman. Yep. Bobby Iceman. Uh, <laughs> he had a great bar mitzvah. Steven Spielberg was there. Uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're attacked by Sentinels. Uh, a lot of them get killed, but luckily Kitty sends Bishop's consciousness back in time a few days to warn the others as to ensure their survival. They change the future and escape the Sentinels. This is so clever. It is a clever plot device. It is. Seeing all these characters die and then having them show like, oh, but that never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a clever device. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also the the menacing nature of what was it, three or four sentinels? Yeah. That just completely fucked them all up. They lose handily, like yeah. within minutes. Yeah. The sentinels. The sentinels are immediately established as an incredible threat. They're the scariest thing we see in the X Men universe. Yeah. Absolutely. Like yeah. I. I I want to. I just want to remember this moment when we get to Age of Apocalypse, 
the Sentinels are the scariest thing in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. Full stop. <laughs> the, the way that they can adapt, uh, the one fighting Colossus just turns his metal on him. Um, Sunspot Sentinel turns to ice, but it's uh, stronger than his fire. And mm-hmm. uh, the Sentinel Iceman is fighting, turns to fire. <laughs> William Eisman melts him. Yeah, well, and and not just their abilities, but the way they move, the way they coordinate yeah. with each other. They there is a level of like inhuman menace to them that like we don't see in a lot of comic book movies. Period. And the spike hand. Um, <laughs> these are not the Sentinels I grew up with uh, watching no, the X Men cartoon. No. Oh no, we, um, just the big clunky robots. Yeah, we get those, and I yeah. love that we get that throwback to the comic, uh, the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right, we cut to a remote Chinese temple sometime later, storm Wolverine and professor Charles Xavier and Magneto arrive. Uh, they meet with the other, uh, mutants there. Xavier explains the history of the Sentinels. They were designed by Bolivar Trask, a military scientist who mystique assassinated in 1973 uh, the government captured Mystique and began experimenting on her using her DNA uh, to advance the Sentinel program, which was allowed the Sentinels to adapt to nearly every mutant power. Professor X plans to go back in time, back in time, and prevent Trask's assassination in hopes of changing their future. But Kitty Pride says uh, Professor X wouldn't survive going back decades. So Wolverine volunteers because his regenerative powers allow him to survive the process. Uh, so his current consciousness will be sent back into his younger body. His mission is to find Professor X and Magneto and stop Mystique from assassinating <laughs> Trask. So I want to put a lot of pins in this movie that we can come back to in future movies. We hear about how damaging it is to send a person's mind through time. Because it will be torn apart as it travels through time. Yeah. We see later on in a later movie that Xavier's mind is completely riddled with damage. He's essentially got uh, dementia. Mm -hmm. But it makes me wonder if that's an effect of his moment in this movie that we see him reaching back. Huh. That could be. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting connection. I hadn't considered it until this rewatch, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting uh, uh, connection. I hadn't thought of. I'm not I sure if we. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if we uh, brought up the the finer point of Kitty being able to do this. Um, she's actually f- phasing the consciousness back in time as a consequence of her phasing abilities. Yeah, it, um, she can phase through matter. Which makes me think of our Simpsons episode that we just watched. <laughs> what is mind? No matter. What is, what is matter? Mind. Never, Never mind. mind. Yeah. Um, which uh, I guess is an old Victorian era, like anti-philosophical poem. Mm. Um, I, I, I looked it up and Bertrand Russell complained about it, but it made me think of that. That's really interesting that she is transmuting our, uh, their minds like it is matter. Yeah, what the, what the fuck is the mind in the Marvel, the X Men Marvel universe that she can that, teleport it? 
through a thick. Oh man, sorry. Yeah, there's a lot. Some Inception like Interstellar level shit. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, That's cool. That's really cool, Al. (laughs) So, all right, Wolverine wakes up in 1973. He has some hijinks with some mafia guys, and then uh, heads to find heads out to find Professor X. Uh, meanwhile, Trask goes before Congress looking for funds for his Sentinel program, but gets turned away. Um, I find this to be the most unrealistic portion of the movie. The fact that Congress would ever, ever turn down funding a defense program. Right. Like robots. That sounds sweet. Right. In the, uh, the cast of the congressional hearing. Um, I don't know if they had any lines, but, uh, we saw Len Wein and Chris Claremont. Yeah. Oh, Len Wein, Swamp Thing. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, all right. Um, yeah. So, um, Congress didn't like the idea. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, of, uh, marking humans or citizens, whatever we're called. Not even that, but like they didn't like the idea of the giant robot defense system, which I, you know, <laughs> I think Congress would be that. right on board. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, all right. Me, uh, meanwhile, in Vietnam, Mystique poses as a colonel and helps a group of mutants escape um, from the clutches of uh, Trask, Trask's uh, company. They're going to take them and experiment on them. Uh, then we cut to Xavier's mansion. Wolverine finds Hank McCoy there. Hank tells him that the school's been closed for years. A lot of the students and staff are drafted in the Vietnam War. Magneto's in prison for assassinating JFK. Um, <laughs> which I love that they brought JFK into this movie. Um, that was great. All the JFK yeah, you stuff. Know, the, bra- the Bay of Pigs was like, but what? Yeah. <laughs> um, Xavier... Uh, Xavier shows up. He can walk, but he's an alcoholic and he's been using a specialized serum that Hank made that lets him walk, but does suppress his telepathic abilities. <laughs> That's the first paragraph of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like uh, him walking. Uh, all I could think was, and they still kept his hair. What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, the I real question. Walking yeah, losers. Yeah, the re, you know what would have been hilarious is if when Wolverine went back and back to the back to the future, um, if he had uh, if Patrick Stewart had a full head of hair, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Be like the most important thing was we saved Professor X's hair. Um, <laughs> well, and we'll get to how he loses his hair, which I have so many questions about. Yeah. Not in this movie. We'll not get in, there, though. Yeah, not in this movie. Um, all right. So uh, Wolverine gives Professor X the whole save the future pitch. X says no, but then does some soul searching and remembers the first uh, the first uh, X-Men reboot movie and decides that he is going to help him in order to uh, save Mystique. Um, they uh, decide that they need Magneto. I- I loved, though, before he decides that he also remembers the first reboot movie, he's like, I do remember you. Fuck off. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yes, that was funny. He remembers the cameo from the first one. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, 
they decide they need to break Magneto and out. And that didn't require any time travel of whatsoever. I think that was just Charles remembering they ran into each other. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like that. Yeah. Um, they decide uh, that they need to break Magneto out of prison. He's being held under the Pentagon. But to do it, they're going to need some help. Uh, we cut to Mystique sneaking into Trask's office. Uh, she finds out he's been killing the mutants while experimenting on them. Um, he's going to be in Paris for the signing of some peace accords. <laughs> and sightseeing. Yeah, 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 he's going to get some baguettes, go to the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> ride a bike. Um, yeah. So uh, Wolverine, uh, X, and Hank arrive at a suburban house, and we meet Quicksilver. They recruit him to help them. He's in it basically for the lols. <laughs> he just wants to break into the Pentagon for fun. Well, that's how they entice him. You'll get to break of into the course. Pentagon. Yeah. Like, you, sh- you had me at Pentagon. Yeah, <laughs> every, He's a war teenager. like dream. Oh, I get to steal more shit? Yeah. And that's the thing. He's, he, he steals shit and, and sort of does little time cons. But he's not a bad guy. He doesn't want to be a bad guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to break into a bank. He wants to steal a bunch of Twinkies. And so it's just a he's a well, he's a neat kid and a neat character. Yeah. It's, it, he's an interesting so character to use in a time travel movie too, because what he's doing is essentially time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get oh, wow. into like flashpoint, that kind of thing. But yeah, he is breaking time every time that he does anything, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which in my mind, we ask so many more questions about what, how things work. Like he's wearing headphones and he's doing all this kinds of shit. But like, it because just I breaks. I think we're talking about different kinds at different times in these comic book movies. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it breaks down the further like in, inspection of the overarching, the large time travel. Uh-huh. So, so we're looking at like, we're like, well, what is he doing? And it's like, dude, you're never going to get an answer to any of these questions. Just let it all go. Like Why thematically, it, it yeah, just like forgive our movies time travel. There's a lot of it. Yeah, it's kind of the takeaway. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to figure out why we like American cheese or something. Like, mm. why, <laughs> why are we thinking about it? Let's just keep going. <laughs> tastes like my childhood. <laughs> so, all right, um, they uh, sneak into the Pentagon. They break out at Magneto. We get the time in the bottle scene, which is absolutely. I think it's the single best super fast guy scene i've ever seen in a movie still to this day it's it's in my mind it is better in a lot of ways than the matrix slow down bullet time Mm. shots yeah it's it's more creative jailbreak scenes i've seen oh yeah yeah the jailbreak scene in general is great the the time in a bottle scene is great it's so much better than it's it's it accomplishes I mean, the the flash sequence from the Snyder cut is literally just this scene. Like, it's the same fucking scene. Yeah. I mean, they, there there are so many things that they do in this this sequence in the Pentagon that really, really, really show his powers. Like him move vibrating his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting way to show that his powers are not just expressed through his feet. You know? Yeah. Yes. He the flash, the really flash does that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, so, oh, go ahead, Al. This scene uh, did leave me with an unanswered question. Oh. Um, his headphones. Yep. Yes. List, are they special 
headphones that are attuned to his vibrations so that he can hear the music in his own time? That's a good question. It's probably top of the line technology because he can steal whatever he wants, but it's still out of time. You know, it's an earlier technology. So good. So, so I had the same question and it has been driving me nuts for years, but when we see him play pong, he's Mm. playing pong at an accelerated speed. Yes. So, so (laughs) pong is accelerated so that we can see that he perceives time really quickly. Um, like faster than, than, the rate of us being able to even see the movement on the screen. I assume that he has turned up the speed on the tape player itself. Cause he's probably got a, a Walkman of some sort. Well, that also leads me to another unanswered question. Cause I, like he must've stolen this technology because the first commercial, um, available, um, portable, uh, cassette player was in 1979. Yeah. And so, this is what? 73, 74, yeah, 73. So he had to have st- stolen the technology and then changed it himself. Yeah. He probably stole it from Sony yeah. or something. Thank, thank God we didn't have to sit through that. <laughs> of him changing, of him stealing the Walkman. And creating new technology. And, yeah. you know. Well, imagine moving through through time as fast as he does and wanting to jam out to something and instead you get like, like super pinched down (laughs) yeah slow time in a bottle yeah it would not be as as exciting yeah you know but it's like any um you know none of us really see anything the same way or necessarily hear anything the exact same way so who knows how he hears anything oh you said it earlier brian like how we don't even know how he hears conversation necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's actually a good point. Like, perhaps, like, part of the, the fastness is, like, a field that generates around him, and the Walkman's within the field, so he's able right. to... It runs normally the in relation st- to him. That's how Superman can fly Lois at arm's length? Yeah, exactly. Is <laughs> his exactly. anti-gravity field? Yeah. That thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Comic book logic, man. <laughs> there is no answer. Yeah. Um, so, all right. They uh, they rescue um, Magneto and then take Xavier's private jet to Paris to stop Mystique. On the way, we learn that JFK was a mutant and Magneto was trying to save him. Uh, X, Professor X and Magneto kind of make up a little bit. Um. I, yeah. uh, Wolverine learns that Eric was always an asshole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, always. <laughs> but they didn't really go into enough as to why. <laughs> but anyway. There, um, they made the, a the plane scene was great. I, I thought the whole plane shoot that was great. They made a... I feel like Eric made a good point um, when he was... Uh, bringing the plane down and arguing with with Charles because Charles felt abandoned and he was mad that Raven went with him. But then Eric says, you abandoned us. All those people from the last movie, they're all dead because you did nothing. Yeah. You hide in the house with Hank now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, he really, he kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uh, and it's, it shows that, well, Charles doesn't think of himself as a superior race. He thinks of himself as a human with a mutation. 
Right. Whereas Eric is like, no, we are a different race of people. That's a great point. And you abandoned our entire race because to die. It, Charles gets all haughty on the plane and so like bullshitty about JFK, you know, and come on, Eric, who else could have done it? And Eric's like, he was one of us. And it was also to point out, Charles, you're so out of fucking touch. You don't know where the world is going. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know who's behind, you know, after Nick JFK came, you know, Johnson Nixon, it got bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, Charles, you don't even fucking know what's happening outside the door. Yeah. Yeah. He's just hidden away in his, in his bottle, in his mansion, which <laughs> all you saw, all you oh, saw Charles waiting. was a bullet curve and yeah. you assumed that I killed him. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know That's nothing. John Snow. Well, (laughs) this, this, this plane moment is just like, this could have been the whole fucking movie, dude. I love this moment so much because they're they're yelling at each other and, you know, Eric is just furious, but when it ends, he just pops the plane back into its perfect shape. Normal. Yeah. Which is but, funny because the most worried person on the plane is Logan. Right. And he's the only one who's probably going to survive the crash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he handles the whole situation so well because what does he say to Eric? You're going to pick mm-hmm. that shit up? Right. He is <laughs> the only what, adult in the entire plane. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, I'm just going to leave it right there. Uh, so, um, all right. So they, uh, uh, meanwhile, in Paris, Mystique takes over the persona of a North Vietnamese general. Uh, then the next day, Trask arrives in Paris, meets with the Chinese, Russian, and Vietnamese generals to try and sell them the Sentinel technology. He discovers that Mystique is posing as a general, and she takes out the rest of the army guys uh, when Professor X, Wolverine, she and Magneto show up. the sexiest one. <laughs> the sexiest general. <laughs> um Dude, I thought about that. Had you guys ever thought about that before? Which general's sexiest? All the time. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a for, catalog of all the for, U.S. generals for, that for, I go through. For, for my money, it's 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 Norman Schwarzkopf. But I'm o- I'm open <laughs> yeah. to discussions. Uh, I, Ike, I, man. For the first time, I wondered what it was like to be in Paris during the Paris Peace Accords. Oh, hmm. yeah. Um, it happened there for a specific reason because we lost. <laughs> Can't have that in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Well, and but, Vietnam um, was the French. Yes, they were the French. Yeah, that that was their fault. Yeah, more than our it was fault. the first time it made me wonder about what, like what was going on the night before and after. Anyway, so so I have a question about uh, Mystique and her purpose being in this room. Was she trying to find this particular general? Um. I feel like, I mean, I feel like she would have taken really any of the generals, but this was the one that was like the easiest mark. Yeah. (laughs) She's a carny. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a moment, there's a moment later on in his hotel room where she seems like it was luck where she's like, Oh shit. That was wow. (laughs) Two birds, one stone. Yeah. Yeah. She just wanted to kill a guy who was being weird. Almost, you know, in the bar. Yeah. But she didn't kill him. Nope, nope. She didn't kill him. We Because Trask was the first one she ever killed, they say specifically, which means the general must be up in that hotel room tied up. And after she 
took him down off the wall, he like wheezed a little bit. Yeah, she almost killed him. He, he's, According to close caption. He's only mostly dead. <laughs> it was vomiting. He was into that shit, man. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Um, they, yeah, so the, she gets uh, she gets tased, but then they show up and they save her. Um, uh, Magneto decides... Oh, the, well... Well, they show up, and that causes her to get tased rather than killing Trask. She would have gotten tased anyway, but they prevented her from killing Trask. Yeah, they prevent her from killing Trask. She gets tased. Um, I mean, she's a woman. She's going to get tased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Wolverine has an episode. Magneto tries to kill her. Um, she jumps out the window. Um, he has an episode of uh, freaking out because he sees General Stryker there. I... So, all right. Is X-Men Origins Wolverine canon to this universe? That is my question. Oh, no. No, that movie is dead to everybody. That's on a very different Earth. That's an, so if we can assume that's an entirely different universe, that, that, answers, that answers every single one of my striker questions. Because okay. he, he met striker... Well, because he met Stryker in 1972 in Vietnam, according to that movie, the year before this took place. And he was uh-huh. already part of Stryker Strike Force and during this period was in Vietnam, not New York or Chicago or wherever he woke up with the with the 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 mall in bed. Okay. Um, All right. And was that, the, was that the John Houston um, Stryker or was that the Brian Cox Stryker? That was the X-Men origins Wolverine striker. <laughs> I don't do not remember that movie as well as other. Pictures. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, if Small okay, I'll Small. stop asking, go ahead. Yeah. No, if, cause yeah. Right, so, so, because, so, so I mean, at, at, um, time travel aside, this, this directly contradicts that movie, even, even with no time travel. Yeah. Uh, cause he was in the shit instead of being in Chicago. That makes, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Um, so instead of being in Chicago, he was um, in Vietnam in, during the seventies. You mean instead of being in the Vietnam War with Sabretooth? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if so, if that movie just is its own separate bubble universe from this, then you know that's fine. That that answers all of that. He woke up in New York City, right? Yeah, uh, I think did. New and York. What year the, was he um, in Origins? What year were they in Vietnam? It was. It was. Um, it's it's unclear when it started, but it states specifically it was 70, <laughs> 72 when he hooked up with Stryker. And it's it's intimated that he was with him for quite a while. Before that. Well And he and in that he volunteered yeah. for the, the process. Yeah. In in seventy two, you say? Yeah. Okay. So but I mean, again, if that's it's if we're just I, I can see them saying, yes, we're going to ignore X-Men Origin Wolverines because it's a terrible movie that did terribly. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't make any money well, off of right, it, so but, it's easy to ignore. Is it, just so that I'm clear, not, I'm, I'm not arguing. You, you're saying it's off by a few years? Like he knew Stryker a few years before 72? I'm, yes. I'm saying he met Stryker prior to this 1973 event that he's currently in. Oh. And he was not in New York in 1973. He would have been in Vietnam itself. Stryker would have Logan. Logan was in Vietnam at with Stryker. Yes. 
and and gotcha. Sabretooth. Oh, okay. So and, they were there in 72. And this takes place in 74? 73. And they remained they, remain, the they remained with Stryker in Vietnam throughout the 70s doing covert stuff. So that Wolverine could have been there, maybe doing something covert or on leave from Vietnam. But it, it, you have one movie putting them in Vietnam in 72, and then it ends at the end of 73. Where's the space time? Well, because I mean, he oh. was with Stryker throughout throughout this. It wasn't he hooked up with Stryker in seventy two and then ran missions with him throughout the seventies. Oh. Um, and oh, then okay. the rest of Wolverine, um, X Men Origins Wolverine, takes place in seventy nine. And you don't believe that I'm messing with time later on in different movies? Like you throw that out the window, right? Well, I'm saying even if time was not time travel wasn't taken into account. Him being in New York in 1973 contradicts that movie. Okay. All right. Okay. But again, he would have met Stryker a few years earlier. They would have been in Vietnam. Yeah. But again, again, it's, you know, it's, they basically decided to ignore that movie because it was a big failure. What movie do you believe that the Weapon X program went down in? What movie do I believe it went down? Well, I mean, it, what? It, uh, it, when he the was next, made into adamantium. There's the a next X Men movie. Um, the, Apocalypse. Uh, yes, okay. we see him as both Wolverine. Or, or, okay, so uh, way after both a Wolverine origin movie. Yeah, yeah. It's not until that time that he's officially okay. I mean, I'm trying to establish timelines so that I can understand the timelines in Animals. in these X-Men movies, even not counting time travel. Take the time travel out of it. The timelines in these are really muddy and back and forth and up and down. Um, you know, it's it's they're famously don't make a ton of sense as far as like what happens when and what is officially canon and what is not. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, Mystique and Magneto jumps out the window as does Hank. They fight over Mystique. She ends up being able to get away. Um, uh, Wolverine comes back to himself, although he does wound Kitty Pride in the future present. Um, and then, uh, Mystique escapes. But they have exposed the three of them as mutants to the entire world. Magneto leaves, and then X, Professor X, Hank, and Wolverine uh, head back to the mansion in upstate New York. Uh, the next day, Trask returns to the U.S. He meets with Nixon, <laughs> convinces him to fully fund the entire Sentinel program in the wake of the events of Paris. Uh, Mystique confronts Magneto. They have words. Magneto explains the future events to Mystique. We discover that the army collected Mystique's blood. He tries to convince her to join him, but she refuses and leaves, still bent on taking revenge on Trask personally. Back at the mansion, uh, Professor X is convinced by Wolverine to stop taking the serum. Uh, Trask studies Mystique's blood, but decides it's not enough. He needs her full body. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
when I wrote that, I didn't think it through. Um, <laughs> for the Sentinel program, uh, Professor X. He he wants the brain tissue and the bone marrow and yeah, the rest to just play with all the good stuff. He wants all the parts. <laughs> He's making a stew. Yes, you can't make a stew with just potatoes. You need the carrots and the onions and the celery too. Um, all right. So Professor X tries to use Cerebro, but it's too much for him. He does a mind meld with Wolverine, which allows him to uh, talk to Spock or or Captain Picard. Um, uh, he talks to his future self, his Patrick Stewart self. I want to talk to my Patrick Stewart self, by the way. So they communicate via uh, via Wolverine's brain. Yes. They both get into his brain. And have a chat inside his brain across space time. Yes. It's not just across time. Yes. It's also across physical space. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my God. A Wolverine's brain is being pushed to the full fucking limit here. And B, holy shit, what limit to their power is there? Right? Like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> But also, like, Wolverine's brain is fucking Swiss cheese. <laughs> like, between, like, all the memory losses yeah. and, like, that that dude. It's what makes Logan so brilliant, and it's what makes the character interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Think, all of these things. And fucking kudos to the writers for thinking of these plot devices as mm. ways for two Charles Xaviers to communicate across time. They're like, well... Maybe they both uh, communicate through Wolverine's brain. Yeah. Like that's, I am willing to accept that is oh, a thing that they can do. Hell yeah. That's, yeah. It is. It's so clever. It is. It is. I loved it. It's, yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot. That that on top of, of Kitty Pride being able to teleport somebody's consciousness across time. Phase. To phase. phase. Phase it. Thank you. It's a very specific set of powers. Uh, but yeah, the, the, whoever did the the writing of some of these comic book devices really deserves so much praise. Yeah. Like I can't think of a I can't think of an MCU movie that uses characters' powers in such a creative way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it made it very interesting. Way more than the first three X-Men movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Power, power wise. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It makes me think of like Thanos in uh, Infinity War. There were a lot of moments where it was like, oh, man, I wish he'd done something more interesting with the gauntlet. Like these are the kinds of things that I wish we had seen in, in Endgame and Infinity War where it's like, whoa, I never would have thought of that use of your powers. Right. Instead, we got like base level like, oh, I can do this. You know, with the exception of maybe Doctor Strange making butterflies out of shit, you know. Yeah. But, all right. So, um, let's see. Uh, Patrick Stewart convinces him to try harder. The day is saved by the power of believing in yourself. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, I'd never noticed it before, um, but uh, Future Charles says their pain will make you strong. And that's what past Charles his big problem was just like 
there's so much pain out in the world. It's like I'm I'm tired of hearing their pain. And future Charles says, "No, that's what helps you help them." Yeah, is bearing their pain and giving them hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Uh. Meanwhile, Magneto finds the train that's carrying the Sentinels. He jumps on and slips slips a little slips a little steel into him, uh, so that he can tr- control them at a later date. Uh, back in the future, the Sentinels are arriving soon. There's not much time. I was just looking it up. That's very important that he did that. It was how he was able to get him in the X chamber to pour the adamantium striker that is putting the barbed wire. Uh, so wait. So what are we? What are we talking about? You were just talking about when he wrapped up, uh, wrapped him up in barbed wire for wire for a later time. No, oh. no. Um, I was talking about how um, uh, Magneto put metal inside the Sentinels. Oh, I see. Wow, I heard something very different. Because they were the Sentinels were at this point completely non-metal. Yeah, thank you. Some sort uh, of space age polymer. Yes, exactly. And so Magneto put metal inside them so he could control them later. Um, back in the future, the Sentinels are arriving soon. Uh, there's not much time. Kitty Pride's just hanging on. Professor X uses Cerebro to talk to Mystique. Uh, he fails to talk her out of killing Trask, but does discover she's heading to Washington, D.C. Uh, Hank, Hank and his early TiVo uh, discover that the Sentinels are going to be revealed at a big ceremony with Nixon, so they head to Washington. I, mm. I love th- Wolverines, yeah. All three All channels. Three channels. And, and PBS. PBS. And PBS, yeah. That was funny. Like, they have no conception of the idea that there will be thousands of television channels. Yeah, that was cute. I liked that moment. Look, in... Okay, I guess in there was cable already in when I was in the 80s, when everyone is in the 80s. <laughs> um, but... I didn't have cable for the longest time when everyone else did, and it yeah. was three channels, and PBS, and then like and and like, Channel Eleven, yeah, and channel which, which, which became Fox in like 1989, and then the WB. Oh, yeah, the WB shows up, yeah. As does UPN, and then they merge to become Voltron or the CW. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Magneto breaks into the Pentagon. He steals back his helmet so that Charles can't get into his brain. Uh, on the- <laughs> I wrote, I'm sorry, I wrote down, Eric enters the Pentagon playing with his balls. <laughs> I think it's mandatory. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on the trip to Washington, Professor X promises Wolverine that he'll, uh, well, Wolverine makes Professor X promise that he'll uh, find all of his mutant friends and start the school in the future. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Sentinels are arriving back in the future times. Wolverine, Professor X, and Hank arrive at the ceremony. They're looking for Mystique. Meanwhile, Magneto steals a stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was so over the top and so was, kind of fun. Oh, it was... It was I started to not like it, and then I was like, you know what? I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was insanely over the top. And it was like, yeah, okay, why not? <laughs> Let's just do it. 
Well, and it makes sense to show how powerless they are by taking the place hostage mm-hmm. and using the Sentinels as his perimeter guards, basically. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, a cl- it's a clever strategy. Like, like yeah. tactically, it's pretty sound. Yeah. Yeah. Because what we can do. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. People aren't going to get into that stadium with those sentinels there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and also, you're not going to, you're going to change things by having different water fountains and lunch counters and shit like that. Like, yeah. that's not how this mutant human thing is going to go. No. No, exactly. There's not going to be marches and like mutant rights rallies. No, you're not going to make us wear shit. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so then uh, X spots Mystique. He freezes her, but just then Magneto arrives. He drops a stadium around the White House and takes control of the Sentinels. Uh, during the battle, Magneto impales Logan with rebar and throws him into the, the uh, Potomac. Um, and this this is it for Logan. Logan does nothing else for the rest of the movie, which I found interesting, that they basically sidelined him for the well, entire third act. And he survives because he's Wolverine and he mm-hmm. can't die. He can't drown. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine how awful that would be. Just being stuck drowning for 30 minutes until you wake up in the future again. Do I, did I imagine a different movie where they pulled him up? He's wrapped in rebar. No, that that's, does happen. That's, that's later. That's at the end that's of this. Striker's yeah. on the boat, right? Yep. Yeah, but it's, well, not, it's okay. not really Striker though. I don't, yeah. I'm not getting into that, but yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was it. That happens at the end, but um, yeah. So uh, Nixon, uh, Trask, and a disguised Mystique retreat into the White House bunker, but Magneto rips the steel bunker out of the White House and tears it open like a tin can. I love this shot. I remember watching this in the theater and thinking like, how's he gonna, how's he gonna get them out of there? How is that going to look? And they just show you mm. him tearing apart the White House, basically. Yes. So satisfying. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, then, uh, meanwhile, in the future, the X-Men uh, are fighting off the Sentinels who arrive and attack them. A lot of the mutants die while attempting to buy more time. Magneto gets seriously injured. Storm dying was really hard for me. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. That was, that was rough. I think that was the first uh, future mutant death of this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they give you the the head fake of like, wow, they killed a bunch of those. And, and she's asking if everyone's okay. Yeah. In that like maternal role that she, she always fills and then killed. It's yeah. Like, oh, gut punch, man. Ah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, In 1973, Magneto takes control of the television cameras. He broadcasts to the world that mutants live among them, and he urges the mutants to rise up and join him in a war against humanity. He's about to kill Nixon, uh, or Mystique pretending to be Nixon, (laughs) which actually, if Mystique was Nixon, that explains a lot about (laughs) the Nixon administration. (laughs) Uh Um, So uh, Mystique... Uh, stops uh, uh, Magneto, but she's still going to kill Trask, but Professor X convinces her to spare him. Oh, uh, there's a really cool uh, beast move, I thought, because he's being attacked by one of the Sentinels, and he's like trapped in a car, Mm -hmm. 
and he grabs like five uh, doses of his serum and jabs it into his leg uh, to make him turn not beast anymore. So the sentinel doesn't recognize him as a mutant. Yeah. And then turns its attention onto uh, Eric and Raven. Yeah. Which, which made me ask the question of what does that do? Does that, it's suppressing the gene itself, I guess. It is an actual gene therapy. Yeah. Which is kind of a crazy advanced technology for him to have in 73. Yeah. But also, well, yeah, but also a temporary gene therapy because it fades, it fades away. Yeah. But really clever and very beast like problem solving. Yeah. Um, So, all right. Mystique, uh, takes off Magneto's helmet, allowing Professor X to take control of Magneto's mind, saving the day. Um, then uh, uh, Wolverine wakes back up in the future at the school. He finds Iceman, Colossus, Kitty. Everybody's there, including Jean Grey and Cyclops. <laughs> and Kelsey Grammer. And Kelsey yeah. Grammer as Beast, yeah. Well, and we see Kitty and Colossus are now an item instead of Kitty and Bobby because Bobby is yeah. now with Rogue. That's- it is a whole soap opera drama that ended a totally different way than yeah. uh, the universe had ended. That's right, because Rogue never got rid of her powers. Yeah. It's time. Never mind. I assume at some point she uh, she kissed Captain Marvel in the mouth, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Professor X tells Logan about everything that happened since 1973. Um, as a mutant was publicly seen saving the president, the Sentinel program was decommissioned, altering history and erasing the future Sentinels from existence. The mutants in the past, uh, um, all, uh, went home separately. Trask is imprisoned for trying to sell military secrets to, uh, uh, enemy militaries um mystique gets away but everything's already changed um wolverine's retrieved from the river by mystique posing as striker that's that's the scene you were talking about josh yeah okay all right i to go back a little bit um i really liked when logan walked into xavier's office and Xavier's just talking to him like normal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't you have a class to teach history? Um, and he's, uh, I could use some help with that. Pretty much everything since 1973. And the, <laughs> the change, Xavier's like, I've been waiting for this day. Yeah. yeah welcome back. Yeah. Welcome, yeah. The whispers, welcome back. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was a really cool scene. I love the idea that that is a secret between them too. That mm-hmm. that's not a thing like, oh, we should celebrate. Let's get the rest of the X Men in here. He's like, holy shit, man! Wow, yeah, you, you really risked your ass on that one. I imagine he goes and talks to Hank about it, but probably no one else. Yeah. Well, and he's got such an interesting perspective because he's now lived multiple lifetimes in multiple timelines, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the few people that have been able to help Logan get in touch with any sort of history or reality has been Xavier. Yeah. 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 Uh, There's a there's a cool detail when when Logan wakes up in the past in the 70s. Roberta Flack, uh, uh, first time ever I saw your face, is playing, Mm. Um, and it's just 
I love that song so much, but that's the song that's playing when he wakes up in the present also, oh, yeah. which is yeah. the, the new present, I should say. On the uh, the weird uh, glowing the or the radio. holographic golden oldies radio. Yeah. yeah. That looked like something out of Sky Mall in like fucking 92, man. I know. <laughs> I do um, want to point in remembrance, Ta- Trask died on January, I think, 27th. 1973. Trask. Shout out to Trask. Tra- Wait, Trask died? Yeah, he was shot and killed. He was killed by Mystique. No. Not anymore. No, he went to jail. <laughs> he was, but then he wasn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking time travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the time travel saved him. He's, he's I guess, who has been in prison for decades. <laughs> okay. But I think oh, Josh was the time traveler, and he remembers. Oh, that was all I remember from the, remember the Paris Accords. <laughs> My um, bad. I didn't. Pardon me. So, um, yeah, then credits roll, but wait, there is more. In an after credit sequence sent in ancient Egypt, we meet Apocalypse, building pyramids and being hailed as a god. Or maybe it's the sands of Mexico. <laughs> oh yeah, huh. where Xavier and Logan end up? I don't know. Yeah. I remember being so excited by this post-credit scene and thinking, like, "Oh, they're going all the way in on this, man! Yeah, me too. These these movies are only getting better." <laughs> <laughs> Little do we know, this was the peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for the yeah, uh, yeah. Because there be- was so much promise. Yeah, between Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Oof. Yeah, and they speed ran through two of the most interesting comic book storylines. We'll get there. They're movies. They're yeah. a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they exist as movies, but wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, st- I still haven't seen Dark Phoenix. Neither have I. I've only heard. I've heard how awful. Well... They are up there with uh, Wolverine oh, Origins. Who? I thought it was better than Odin, for sure. Which yeah. one, Josh? I thought they were. I thought Dark Phoenix was better than both of those origin movies. Oh, well, um, the X Men origin movies. The Wolverine and what was the other one? X <laughs> the Wolverine. It's called. Oh, the Wolverine. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so we'll see. Um, well, yeah, I'm I'm interested. We we've got a little while still. We get there, but uh, that's coming up. Um, so uh, a few of the unanswered questions I have that we didn't touch on is why didn't they try to keep Quicksilver with them? That would have been super super handy. He's a kid, was my takeaway. But then again, when has that ever stopped Charles Xavier from recruiting someone to go fight a war? Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, Why was there when they went down to Cerebro? Why was there dust on only the console and the headset? Nothing else had dust on it. For dramatic effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it maybe it is uh, charged with static electricity. 
Oh, yeah. I assume maybe like it's special metal, but everything was gleaming except for the the panel and the headset. Well, and yeah, I have so many questions about Cerebro in every movie that it's shown in, but in this one in particular, it seemed more advanced than it should have been. Mm. Also, okay, I'm going to ask this question every time we see Cerebro, I feel like. Maybe I didn't ask this before, but can they see what he is seeing? Yeah, or are they standing there in silence while he does just... Because it's... It certainly looks like they are looking at what he is seeing. It does, like doesn't it? Like it's being projected on the the IMAX walls. Yeah. 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 It does, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So many questions about Cerebro. Yeah. Um. And I, every every time there's every time we see Mystique, I I'm left to wonder how do the clothes work? Because sometimes she puts on clothes and then they disappear when she changes. And were those clothes part like where? Where did the clothes go that weren't a part of her that then became a part of her? At the end of the night, she just empties out the prison wallet. <laughs> she like, like. I mean, that's legitimately, you know, a question, but it can be explained by how her whole power. How does height work? Oh, yeah. How, how does she, she become Trask? To tall? Yeah. Is she super dense as Trask? Yeah. I mean, even if I, so, even, I mean, I can see it as being possible, but that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just a visual illusion or is she physically constructing the thing that right. she becomes? It's like, like stealth yeah. playing thing. Yeah, exactly. Those scales reflect off. I As a shapeshifter, I think she can change her mass. I agree I with get that. that. The clothes yeah. really confuse me because there are times where she changes her, her appearance, then takes off a piece of clothing and leaves it forever. Was that part of her that she leaves there and never comes back to? What? Does it later when she she lives it leaves behind like a fairy? Yeah, yeah. and like does someone like then hair, like, maybe? Yeah, does someone come out and there's like a blob <laughs> yeah. of like blue scales just sitting where that coat used to be? Like what the fuck? I know it's like they caught it's like they cut this shit from whole cloth. I swear to God, none oh. of it makes sense. Um. So all right. Um. I don't know. Uh, any final thoughts or any other unanswered questions, guys? Nope. I have questions that we will bring up in future X-Men movies. Like every X-Men movie, I have questions about the previous movies. Yes. Every X-Men movie, X-Men, every X-Men movie makes the previous X-Men movies more questionable. Everyone. Um, so, um, all right. You guys ready to rank this thing? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Ooh. Uh, That's right. We're back that. to the rankings. We took Spooktober off, but now we're back to the dirty business of putting these things on a list. Um, so uh, let's see here. Um, the highest X-Men movie, X-Men movie we have um, is X-Men First Class at number 15. I like I like it best. It's my favorite X Men movie, but same. So that's all I'll say. I, I don't care where it's ranked, but I, I like it better than first. I agree. I agree. I liked it better than first class. I think it's I, despite you know, I I can I raise a lot of questions about time travel, but it's no better or worse than any other movie time travel. So I mean, it didn't it didn't in any way <laughs> I affect bring my questions about time travel. 
I love Iron Man 3, but I think this is a better movie than Iron Man 3. Mm. I feel like the time travel in this movie was not quite as clear as the time travel in Turtles in Time. <laughs> I mean, I think you might technically be right, Al. I think he is. <laughs> that was that's actually a t- that's a TKO. That's a technical knockout. You know what? Yeah, right. that the the time travel in Turtles in Time was actually the least bad part of that movie. There's an there's a yeah. weird shower scene, and one of the turtles has headphones on. No, one of the ninjas <laughs> has headphones on. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, I, I agree with you, Brian. I think it probably is a better movie uh, than Iron Man three. I don't know if I'm willing to put it above a Spider-Man movie. Mm. Well, not those two Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I'm willing to put it above above the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, but uh, well, and yeah, so I don't know, Uh, Al. What do you think? So that would put it at number ten. If Mm -hmm. we yes, if we put it above Iron Man three, it would go in at number ten. I think I can concur with that. Josh, thoughts? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right. I guess we are in agreement. There it shall go at number 10. X-Men. Briefly in the top 10. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy a moment. Yeah. So future past. Um, oh, might, one other thing. Might stay there for a while. Oh, we got like Guardians coming up. Yeah, it's doomed. Yeah. Um, which yeah, that, that actually, oh, there was one, oh, there was one thing that um, Jude brought up that I forgot to mention. Um, why with the uh, portals in the future, um, why um, we see that there's a point where one of the portals closes and cuts off part of the Sentinel. Why yeah. weren't they doing that a bunch? Oh, yeah. That would have I don't think she had that much control over it. Mm. I think it was just like the way the Sentinel stabbed the person. You know, like they were trying to avoid that, but I don't know that she has. She she might not have been able to do it precisely enough to use it as a weapon. Yeah, it's not like Wong with the thing. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. that's a good point. Makes you think, yeah, the the sling ring. Yeah, the the thing was closing. That's my guess. Well, yeah, yeah, we... It it is pretty it is pretty like uh, it's not super refined because when Colossus gets launched up into the air, <laughs> she's able to last minute or like yeah. fi- in the final moment create another portal to then shoot him full speed at a uh, horizontal was, was a, yeah horizontally yeah. yeah do people not yeah there were political reasons why Stanley created the X Men but there were also convenience oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Oh, she can go through doors? Fucking A, she can go through doors. We're going to the bar. We're done here. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to Marvel. Yeah. Nope. I keep doing that. <laughs> that was my last one. I switched chairs because the other one was so noisy. <laughs> but I have a bad back. You all right, Josh? I'm perfectly fine. Okay. I'm not drunk or impaired. I'm just, <laughs> just got a bad back. So, uh, all, right, anyway. all right, let's wrap it up next week, everybody. Next week on Harmless Boss Presence, we will be watching Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. Our first- Did anybody ever in any world believe that this would work? Guardians of the Galaxy, that was a crazy shot they took with that one. Yeah, man. Crazy they shot. They really did. They tried I- and they won. I saw it the day it came out because I was so curious about it. I had no yeah. idea what I was in for. Same here. 
Yeah. I knew of them. I didn't dislike them, but they were a part of the comics that I didn't read, the space, the space comics kind of shit. Mm. But I, I did say to myself, a raccoon and a tree, sure, I dare you. <laughs> yeah, and they, they did it. Yeah. They just they did, did it. it. Yeah, it was amazing. But uh, that that is next week. That's going to be a fun one. So thanks you, thank you everybody for uh, hanging out with us on Harmless Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Throw Smiley, and I'm going back to the future. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I have some questions about the timeline of the Matrix movies too. I'm Brian Lesh, and just because someone stumbles and loses their path doesn't mean they're lost forever. They're probably just drunk. <laughs> I'll just write you a check for whatever I took. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.